Hello, it is Ray Franklin with Employees from Abroad. How are you doing this evening? Good to talk with you and communicate with you here from the United States of America, where I discuss uh, politics and the culture at large, and the culture at large cannot be political as well. But as I talked about death last episode, um, it was a very cathartic episode for me dealing with those things. But tonight's episode, we're going to talk about everybody's favorite subject in the three major media networks, that is Donald J. Trump former president of the United States, 45th president, presidential term of the United States, and I'm here to talk about why there is such a strong cult of personality around him. And that's my question. My question to you as my listeners who listen on the regular, uh, you know, give me feedback. You have my email address uh, for the podcast, and I thank you for everybody who takes time to listen out to this podcast. But as, as we get into to the, the question, why the cult of personality around him? So this is what started. So recently I went to Fort Myers Beach again. I, I grew up in the Fort Myers area for a little time as a kid. Back in elementary school, I went to Edison Park Elementary School. Still there, still going strong. Uh, the church I used to go to when I lived there, I've said before in other podcasts, was Winkler Road Baptist Church. So we're at Fort Myers Beach, and I'm walking around, and... Uh, I go by a t-shirt shop. You know, you have the beach t-shirt shops that have the corny, sometimes they're vulgar and crass. Uh, sometimes, you know, they're just really bad taste, bad humor. T-shirt shops, but they're really cheap t-shirts that you can wear around the beach. You definitely cannot wear them in public other than a beach setting. Uh, you get in trouble, you wear them in public outside of that, really. But um, the issue is that there were these Trump, they had these pro-Trump shirts there. And the usual F. Biden t-shirts that you see, you know, Let's Go uh, Brandon and all these different things uh, with Trump's photo in the background, you know, as Trump is saying, Let's Go Brandon, all those things like that. So um, there are pictures of Trump like at the Terminator and Trump like this He-Man Hulk figure. And it's like, he doesn't look anything like this. And I'm sitting there scratching my head like, what is this? Trump doesn't have a six pack. Trump doesn't have massive muscles. Trump probably can't even operate an AR-15. Or uh, definitely AR-15 with the rocket RPG uh, uh, thing on it, like you see in the Rambo movies. Uh, he can't operate an AK-47. Uh, he probably can't even operate a simple Smith & Wesson. Maybe he can. I don't know. Maybe he can operate a Smith & Wesson revolver. I don't know. Old school revolver, but J-frame. But I don't know. Maybe he can. I don't know. I don't know. But the reality is I've never seen Trump recently in recent years fire a firearm in any type of way or uh, capacity. So this idea that Trump is some kind of Rambo commando thing, uh, I just don't get it because it's not factually true. Donald Trump is not going to come down out of a helicopter and, and lying down and rescue you if, if, you're, if you're flooded and on the roof of your house. So Donald Trump isn't one of those people that's going to do as uh, the Coast Guard, uh, uh, Coast Guard employee did uh, a few years back and jumped on a sub in the middle of the ocean carrying narcotics and banged on the roof. And pretty much did a physical pullover of a sub in the middle of the ocean, which is very, very, very dangerous and very risky. And uh, it took a lot of courage and athletic ability for that person to do it. So you're not going to see Donald Trump do that. You're not going to see Biden do that. You're not going to see Harris do that. You're not going to see Pete Buttigieg do that. So it, it's, it's, you're not going to see it at all. You're not going to see politicians reel down. Not, not even, you know, maybe, you know, like some stunts, you may see someone like Holly or do a stunt or something or whatever, or maybe Glenn Lamb, but you're not going to see someone actually in a crisis situation as you saw Holly run from the mob that he gave the, the pro-power fist to, uh, fist salute, the power to the people, fist salute earlier 
on January 6th, you saw him uh, haul his behind uh, through the door to the secure area when that same mob breached his building. So you saw what he really was like when the mob was coming for him. So fake tough guy uh, persona. So that is, you know, that is the type of thing that you see. So again, you, you're not going to see Donald Trump be that type of person. You're not going to see Donald Trump pull a, uh, a drunk driver over, wrestle him to the ground and handcuff him, you know, but you see these shirts where Donald Trump is like He-Man. And it's just like, I don't get it. I don't get the cult of personality around Trump that doesn't pertain to who Trump is. Trump, oh, he's an everyman. Trump was born a multimillionaire. He was born to his father and his father's family. Donald Trump was blessed to be born in a family worth millions to a successful father. Okay? Learning the business from his father. Learning the business on his own as well. And he has become a successful businessman, a billionaire by many accounts. And he is a very successful businessman who ran for president and he won and, and and he won in 2016 he won and in 2020 he lost and 2016 he believed he won by more votes than he actually got in 2020 he actually believes it was stolen from him now the stolen election thing rigged election thing we that's a whole separate issue i've talked about that before the people who are convinced that the election was stolen never will be convinced that it wasn't and the people who are convinced that the election was fair I'm never going to be convinced that it was stolen. Right now, I think everybody's set on that. It's a pointless argument to make. Uh, me, personally, I believe overall totality was a fair election and that Trump fairly lost to uh, Joe Biden. So, hey, I'm in that camp. I'm the Biden won fair and square, as fair as things can be. That he won fair and square. It wasn't stolen. It wasn't rigged. Uh, he won. He won. And the reason that Trump lost, because Trump did not manage COVID well. And, and when he didn't manage COVID well, uh, those type, those things, people remember the most recent thing that happened. And they, I believe, took the failure of him to really hit COVID the way he should have hit COVID out on him. And that's what really cost him. And I, and I think his advisors and people around him were not honest with him about it. Like, hey, you're losing not because of the, the media that nobody that you beat last time. You beat CNN. You beat MSNBC. You beat the Fox News establishment last time. The reason you're losing this time is because of the heckle and jekyll COVID policy and the way people are perceiving that you're not taking COVID seriously enough. Because I 100% believe if it wasn't for COVID, he would have he walked into re-election. Not that he would have won the popular vote because of California, but he would have walked into re-election. Because why would you get rid of him? The economy was doing great. Uh, the nation was doing great. People had real money. Uh, he, I think he had started coming his own, even though he was sort of still chaotic uh, as a president. And everything, even with the Democrat House and the Democrat Senate, he still was really uh, doing well. Um, you know, it was a Republican Senate, or I don't know, but uh, I think it was. Yeah, I think it was. It was either either one. But anyway, I know the House. He lost the House clearly in our eighteen. So got got smoked in the House. Like got smoked in that midterm. So, um, so but he had yeah, Pelosi as the speaker. So he, uh, he, it's funny. he uh, you know, again, you know, he had those issues or whatever. And then he, you know, I believe 100% wasn't for COVID. He would have won a re-election. Nobody, but things are going well. People don't change things. People who change things when, things when things are going well, everybody gets upset about. And that's what really ticks people off. Like, hey, man, things are going well. Why are you changing things? And why are you trying to flip things up? Sometimes the key to success is Keeping making sure that success is maintained. Sometimes it takes more effort to maintain success than it does to have success. But, but you 
you got to keep going and, and keep you know progressing. So people get mad at Trump for all these things that you know. They keep people get mad at Trump for all these things that you know um, that they want to blame Trump on. You know, uh, Trump did this and Trump did that, and there is a lot of Trump hate in the media. So of course, some of the, the blowback to that is going to be sort of a culture personality defense. Cult, excuse me, cult of personality defense. There's going to be people who push back and say no. Uh, you guys are being unfair. Maybe my guy is telling the truth. So there's a lot of that is natural to the political swing. Uh, Biden doesn't have the defenders that Trump has who are as passionate as they are. Uh, certain media people, I won't say their names, one of them in particular was very hard on Trump early on in his candidacy. Uh, and then his fans turned on that person. And once that person saw the backlash, the amount of money they lost, the amount of power they lost, and how they were harassed. I remember this person saying, that when they went to Disney where people were cussing them out and threatening to fight them. So uh, that's how bad things were when they ran to diehard Trump fans. And if you're a diehard Trump fan, don't be a jerk. I go to church with people who are diehard Trumpers. Don't be a jerk. Okay, it doesn't give you an excuse to be a jerk to someone, to threaten someone, to cuss someone out because they have a different opinion about your, uh, about your political person that you adore. And I don't think, you know, again, and again, that's something that's weird. I've never seen that. I never saw, again, I grew up in the Reagan era. I never saw a person want to fight someone over Reagan. Like, hey, you said something bad about Reagan. I'm going to cuss you out in front of your kids at Disney World and threaten to punch you and get in your face and cuss you out and spit all over you and then threaten to punch you in the face because I said something negative about Reagan. I don't remember that. You know, and I, and I went to Disney during the Reagan era. I don't remember people getting in fights over Reagan. People, you know, wearing Reagan. You know, it, it just seemed like people got really, really... The cult of personality for Trump and the cult of personality against Trump makes people nuts. And that's the thing about Trump I've noticed, is that the people who hate him, are who truly hate him with a passion, are extremely nuts about hating him and go over the top. And the people who are who are passionately in love with him, who worship him, adore him, are streaming over the top. So it's like they're both equal extremes. For example, the media, I think, did a great disservice in the quote-unquote Stormy Daniels issue. Here, Trump allegedly had an affair with an adult entertainer, and the media treated it as if he had sold secrets to China, that he had uh, launched a nuclear weapon on an innocent country, but he did. It was just that he, being a businessman, had an affair with an adult entertainer. That was, was it wrong? Yeah, of course. I'm a, I'm a Bible thumb. Of course it was wrong. You should be having an affair. Nobody should, you know? Um, Trump was, you know... But that was something that didn't pertain to his presidency and an affair that did not occur while he was president. Again, Monica Lewinsky, Bill Clinton occurred while Bill, Prin Bill Clinton, excuse me, was president of the United States. It occurred while he was in the White House. And that is where, you know, those issues with Monica Lewinsky happened. And that's why that became a national story, because the president using the power of the presidency to cover up uh, shenanigans. Uh, in the White House, that was wrong, with a intern who was there to advance her career and to learn about government and help getting herself a good government job, not get uh, become become a person at prey of an older man. So um, that's why that story was so big. This stuff with Trump and Stormy Daniels happened before he was president. So I don't know why that they would bring on the lawyer, Avenatti. They'd bring him on CNN. They'd bring him on NBC. They'd bring him on Fox News. They would bring him on. I'm like, this guy, what? They're really spending time pursuing this mess? This is ridiculous. And people did. They pursued it as it was a major story. They had Stormy Daniels. 
everywhere on all these channels and everything like this was the end all to be all time magazine did a cover making fun of the situation but none of this really was pertinent to anything about running the country so i do understand how the media again avenatti turned out now he's a convicted criminal turned out he has several ethics issues and turns out he may if he hasn't already lose his law license so again the media went to someone that turned out not to be reputable focused on a story that did not impact the presidency, nor my life, nor was any of my business really, because it occurred again before he became president, uh, and turned it in this big, huge story. Yeah, the media was anti-Trump. I say that to you Trumpists who listen to me. Trumpists, using a Rush Limbaugh word, R.I.P. Rush. Um, Trumpists, that you're correct. The media was anti-Trump. The Stormy Daniels thing proved the media had lost its integrity and mind and focus regarding Donald Trump. And on the other side, the worship of Trump on certain channels. Fox News still to this day worships Trump. I turn on right-wing radio, it's Trump, 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 Trump. And even recently, like for example, past Tuesday, you know there are a lot of people, uh, 10 Republicans in the House voted for Trump to be impeached. Now, again, you send a mob to attack the Capitol, I guess, um, yeah, I do think you need to be impeached and make sure that you uh, never hold office again as President of the United States. Um, if that's your opinion. So... Uh, those 10 members voted, and I think so far one or two of them have survived. I think the one in Washington survived, but most of them are gone. Uh, Liz Cheney is, is going to be DOA on Tuesday. I mean, for example, Liz Cheney's done. I mean, she's behind by 20-something points to her, 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 uh, her primary opponent. The only thing Liz Cheney can do, which I would do if I were her, is switch my party to an independent and run as an independent in the general, and then she'll likely win because then the Republican votes will be behind The people who love Liz Cheney will be behind her. The Republican primary votes will be her. Then there's a Democrat person. Could be a bit enough of a split uh, and get enough votes behind Liz Cheney where she could uh, walk in as an independent and survive. Uh, but again, she, again, in your party, the party right now, the base of the party is still 40% of it in Trump's hand. And when you primary, the primaries are the hardcore voters. And then the hardcore voters are still hardcore Trumpers. Look at Arizona. Four diehard Trumpists are, are, in, are the Republican nominees to go in, in the general. Uh, Dr. Oz quoted uh, Donald Trump's um, nomination. Look what happened in Missouri. Missouri, to me, he punked out the Republican Party. I, I've always wondered, how does Donald Trump really feel about the Republican Party? And I don't think he loves the GOP like I love the GOP. And, and, the, and the Missouri thing proved it. Now, you had three candidates, you know, named Eric running. So he, gives, he releases a statement saying he nominates Eric in bold, all caps. And he supports Eric. And you're like, what? Which one? Which one of the three? And, of course, Eric won. And he's at first like, yeah, I couldn't have done it without Trump's nominee. So both guys went on Twitter right after Trump released that and claimed that he was talking about them. When he never clarified which of the three Eric's he was talking about. The two main guys, I said, who were uh, one finished first, other finished third. And um, it, it really showed me that he punked out the party. He said, watch this. I have so much control of the GOP. I'll say I'm nom I'm supporting Eric in the primary and watch these guys follow themselves, kissing my behind, uh, saying it's them. And he did. And he probably sat back and laughed as, as quickly as they, they they ran the kisses behind on it. He punked out the GOP. Are we a party? No, we're a cult of personality right now. Because I guarantee you say anything negative about Trump, you're stomped. You're done. You say anything positive about Trump, hey, you'll be all right. If you're lukewarm toward Trump, yeah, it not be good for you. So, again, the party right now is the party of Trump. He, he has taken over the Republican Party. Uh, if you're negative to him, like I said, you're gone. If you're positive, hey, you know, you have a shot. But there's a race of people to come kiss his ring. 
um, because they, he knows. See, here's the thing. As long as Trump has the mob, as long as he has the heart of the GOP, then he can bully everybody in the GOP who's in office and who wants to be in office in GOP media. If, 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 if one of the radio hosts, the major radio hosts came out against Trump, as some of them fairly criticized some of the things he did wrong, uh, their careers ended. You know, you look at how many of them got laid off, how many careers that went from being, oh, God, oh, yeah, he was just a never Trumper. But again, the thing about this is GOP, we're not supposed to be loyal to a person, we're supposed to be loyal to our ideology, loyal to the party. And this weekend at CPAC, it was, again, like it was that last year at CPAC, it's just a Trump loyalty test. Uh, Turning Point USA, Trump loyalty test. So all these things have become a Trump loyalty test. And I just want to know why. I want to know why the, he lost. He lost in 2020. He lost us, you know, the House. He lost us the Senate. And 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 and, and a lot of his candidates who won primaries will lose their general. And if we end up not getting the House back, or we end up not getting the House of Representatives in this year with this economy, we're screwed as a party. I tell you right now, if the Republican Party does not take the House of Representatives from Nancy Pelosi this fall, my party is done. It's done because it means that we are completely incompetent, that we have snatched the jaws, snatched defeat from the jaws of victory, that we really have failed as a party. And that because we have failed, we're never going to get be anything other than a shrinking cult of personality around a person who eventually is going to fade out of the political scene. But it showed me how quickly people can fall and be engaged into a cult of personality. And that's what bothers me. What bothers me is that we are into people like this. I was driving the day the other day, and a gentleman in front of me was a was a Latin gentleman, brown skin Latin Latin gentleman, almost the same skin color as I am. And he had all this pro stuff that Trump in the back. I'm like, you do realize, right, though, that you know you're here by immigration laws that a lot of times he spoke against. That you're, you're caping for a man, caping like a superhero cape. I'm coming to rescue to defend Trump. And I'm pro-Trump for a person who really may not want you here in this country. And maybe against has followers who are against your presence in this country. Saying that you're the one ruining this country because of you're bringing your culture into our culture. So I don't see how people really are defending someone like that. How people can't see and blind it in that cult of personality. Because again, I, I'm friends with a really serious person who knows Trump, who's met Trump, who's been to the White House, uh, to an, an associate of another that has his personal phone number. They can call Trump right now on his personal cell phone, like, hey, Mr. President, what's up? They can do that. I know two people. I know one person that's really big in the media, another person that's not big, but actually has his personal phone number. That's how tight they are with Trump. That's a, and and because of that, you're sort of like, oh, man, you know, yeah. But again, the, the access doesn't mean that these things are different. The access means that they all, all, all they have is, you know, again, they believe one person I know is a true believer. The other one I don't know. But the person that's a true believer, of course, has this, has this personal phone number. The other person I think is just riding the wave to get to increase their media brand. But anyway, we'll just see. Um the the you know that connection that cult he has with his base is something that you know why does the base believe in him is because he's going to defend whiteness he's going to defend american whiteness no he has black people in his base 
He has brown skin Latins in his base. He has Asians in his base. He has a, a base that is more multi-ethnic than people want to realize. It's not just angry, part of my language here, because I have a lot of white, angry white folk listeners. I love you guys. It's not just because he has angry white folks in his base. He has a base that is people don't understand that is actually growing in multi-ethnic capacity because he is dealing with the, the kitchen table issues no one else is. You're losing your job. You're paying high money inflation. Crime is impacting you. The Democrats aren't doing anything. The culture is sinking in perversion. The culture is sinking through illegal immigration. I'm here to defend this all. I will defend your way of life, is what he's saying. So it, some of it is I will defend whiteness, but a lot of it now for people who aren't white is I will defend your way of life because nobody else will. So Trump is this defender, this grenade thrower against the system that say I will defend your way of life. Bernardo, you're black, you're blue collar, you work for a living. Yeah, I will defend your way of life. And so you're seeing the Republican Party drift to becoming a multi-ethnic workers party. Isn't that weird? Because of Trump saying I will defend your life. But the Democrats will say your life is screwed, let me change it. So you have these two competing, competing ideas of I will defend your life versus it's screwed, let me change it. And you may not like it because we will have 80 different genders. Uh, we will find out how everything you say and do is wrong. And you need to apologize for apologies for apologizing. So we seem to be lost somewhere in this country. And I'm in the middle. I'm a moderate. I've told you guys that before. I think this country need, is, is at the heart of this country is a moderate nation. But there is no moderate party. Uh, the Republicans, we are alt-right. The Democrats are alt-left. And the alts are running things right now, as I said before previously. And I think Trump, again, is the president of the alt-right. And because of that, that alt-right has mer mer merged themselves with him and with his ideas, and they're still going to support him. Now, 2024 comes around, maybe maybe he'll be there, maybe he won't. I think DeSantis would be there. I think DeSantis can beat him in a primary. If the primary is just him and DeSantis, I think a lot of the big money people in the GOP, a lot of the people in the GOP who want to see a fresh young leadership. I think America doesn't want to see old man Biden or old man Trump. Uh, two 80 year old, 80 years old duke it out for the throne. I think we want to see a DeSantis uh, versus a Gavin Newsom. We want to see two governors with different approaches, different ideas, different values of two successful states. I've been in California. It's, a, it's some greatness there. I live here in Florida. It's some greatness here. Uh, so you want to see two governors uh, go at it. You want to see a governor of a red state, Mr. DeSantis, Governor DeSantis, and a governor of a blue state, uh, Mr. Newsom, Gavin. I, I want to see. I want to see Newsom versus DeSantis. In 2024, I want to see this is my vision. I run my state. This is how successful it is. I have the most populated state versus I have the third most populated state. This is how I run it. This is how it is. Which way do you guys want to go? Give me DeSantis versus Newsom and don't give me old man Biden versus old man Trump. Okay, give me DeSantis versus Newsom. I already saw Biden Trump once is done. That's good. You no, know, Biden, I voted for Biden. I'm ready for him to just say, Mr. President, I respect you, but I think one term is enough. And I think it needs to be Newsom. I don't think it needs to be Harris. I don't think it needs to be Booty Judge. I think it needs to be uh, S1 Booty Judge. I think it needs to be Newsom. And I think on the Republican side, it really needs. Now, here's the thing. Now, if if my man Beto O'Rourke upsets uh, Abbott in Texas, look for Beto. If he finally gets over the hump, Beto Max, look for Beto to jump and say, wait a minute, <laughs> Ronaldo, how about my good-looking self who brings in all the liberal money, who has all the energy, all the smarts, who connects all the people who has that RFK energy? How about I run against DeSantis? Woo, man, you're talking about a guy that turned a red state blue versus a guy that turned a red state redder? More red, excuse me? 
that would be a knuckle dragger, dude. That would be that would be a heck of an election. You give me Beto versus DeSantis, woo! I'm a successful Texas versus successful Florida, woo! Turn red blue, turn red more red. That would be now. That's a dream ticket. I don't know how I ended up here, but I'm rolling with it now. Vibes gone. I talked about Trump. I'm rolling with it in this podcast. Hundred percent. Give me that. Give me a Beto if he beats Abbott. Give me a Beto versus DeSantis. Now, that's going to move the needle. You're going to have people voting early, voting often. What is it we say in Detroit? Vote early, vote often. Uh, my boss, Mark, used to say in Detroit, uh, my supervisor, Mark, uh, Mark L., if he's out there, uh, former Navy SEAL, salute. Um, he used to say to my face, yeah, vote early, vote often, Ray, vote early, vote often. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, I'm seeing, seeing, listening to Mark now because his voice saying it. Vote early, vote often, vote, er, vote early, vote often. And I 100% believe... Give me Beto. Give me Beto versus DeSantis. That's going to be a knockout debate. Give me that debate. They're going to be going at it. They're going to be saying, you know what? I turned red Texas blue. You know what? I turned red Florida made it more red. I got New Yorkers fighting to move here. And, and, and Beto's like, I got Californians fighting to move here. So who's got more irritating, bad driving people with bad accents who don't live in their state, southern state? You or I. So it's one of those things. So it, 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 it's one of those crazy things. So, um... I don't know. I want to see that. But again, we're going to see 2024. I think it's going to be wild. I have no idea how wild 2024 is going to be. This is we're in for a roller coaster of a day, a roller coaster of a year in 2024. I do not want to see Biden versus Trump again. Mr. President Trump, if you're listening, I do not want to see you run again. Please give it over to DeSantis. Please give it over to DeSantis. Let Ron run and let Ron do it. On the other side, Mr. Biden, give it to Newsom. If Beto wins in Texas, give it to Beto. Beto won, Newsom two, let it roll, let it ride. Get, get, this America needs new energy. It's time for, I'm a Gen Xer. I want my generation in charge. It's time for Gen Xers and millennials, older millennials, not younger millennials. But it's time for some older millennials in my generation that's been forgotten, Gen X, the greatest generation ever. Uh, the generation that you see in uh, the great show Stranger Things, that's my generation. Yeah, we rock. Kids in Stranger Things rock? Yeah, because that's my generation and we rock. We're the Stranger Things generation. Uh, yes, we rock, and Cobra, with the Cobra Kai generation as well. That's why those two shows are so excellent, because they're Gen X shows about us Gen Xers, and make for us Gen Xers and our kids who are Gen Y. Yes, 100%. Uh, give us this. Give us our turn, our time. Guys, we said it in high school. Uh, me and Cindy used to say it, Cindy C. I won't say her last name, because I think she's, I know she's been married, her name's changed, but Cynthia Cindy and I used to talk about it. We're going to rule this world, Gen X. Our generation is going to rule this world, and it's time for our generation to rule this world. And again, cult of personality around Trump, again, I just think people are just lashing on for hope, lashing on to God and say, I will defend you and your way of life. That's what the cult of personality is around Trump, is I will defend you and your way of life. And I think DeSantis can grab that mantle from Trump in 2024 and run with it successfully. And I think on the other side, Beto carries that. Newsom, maybe, but I know 100% Beto is a, hey, I can defend your will life, but I can do it from the left. And that's the thing that Beto has that Senator Harris doesn't have. Excuse me. Sorry. Vice President Harris. He's going to throw a rock. Wait a minute. What did you say, right? Vice President Harris. I'm sorry. Vice President Harris. You're my sister, Sora, a.k.a. a.k.a. Ivy, Ivy, Ivy and Green. Ivy, uh, Ivy and Pink. Ivy and Pink. Pink and Ivy. Pink and Ivy. So go easy, Pink ladies. Go easy, Pink ladies. So, um... AKs out there. Hello, uh, my sister's AK, of course, and I think a lot of people AKs will listen. But the reality is this: um, 
Vice President Harris doesn't have that. She doesn't have that mojo. And, and neither does S1 Booty Judge or anybody else. The people who have the I will fight for you mojo that are actually of the, our generation, uh, Gen X and late, millenn early, uh, late millennials, 100% uh, Beto has that. Beto has that. I don't know about Newsom, but Beto has that I will fight for you. AOC. No way on earth because she, she's too polarizing. She's like MTG, MTG uh, for the Democrats, uh, Representative Green for the Democrats, and Represent, Representative Boebert for the, for the Democrats. Uh, no way on earth she should run. She should run, but she's not going to win the nomination. She does. She tries to, I will fight for you, but it's just like she's just too too polarizing. Those two, those three uh, representatives are just too polarized. You can't have a polarizing, that polarizing of a person. Trump is polarizing, but again, he's already got the base established. So I would say DeSantis versus Beto. Again, cult of personality in Trump. I will defend your way of life however you see that. That's why I think people have latched on to him life or death. Not my thing, but hey, that's the way it is, though. Come 2024, looking forward to the elections.